Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Today's show is Become the Leader of Your Life. I'm going to talk about the connection between being enough and being a badass version of you. How when we show up in our lives and we're rooted in shame and how that is different than when we're rooted in enoughness. The cultural programming that gets in the way of becoming the leader of your life and examples of being the leader of your life. So I'm so excited to talk with you about this today. Recently, I was talking with somebody and they asked me, they said, Hey, Corinne, can you help me understand this connection to be between being enough and being a badass version of you? Explain that to me. And here's the thing. When you are enough, you can show up as your badass self. So let's go back to where we are rooted. And when I use that term, I think of, I like to think of myself as a tree <laughs> and we have roots into the ground. And if we have strong roots, we're going to have a much healthier, longer lasting life. So when we think about where we are rooted and if we're rooted in shame and remember, shame is that voice of not enough. Who do you think you are? And can also be the voice of you're too much. And it's that pendulum swing, but it's, it's that lack of worthiness that we feel when we're rooted in shame, that we're bad, that we're broken, that there's something wrong with us. How do you show up when you're rooted in shame? Often people feel insecure. They lack confidence. You don't trust yourself, which then creates your own ability or inability to trust others. Or when you don't trust yourself, you wind up sometimes trusting other people or the wrong people way too much. It's that pendulum swing again. When we're rooted in shame, we can be desperate. I mean, recently I was freaking out about something and I noticed I was getting desperate. And that's what reminded me that, I, oh, I was in this scarcity, not enough. And this is not the time to make a decision because I was acting out of desperation because I was rooted in shame and scarcity. When we're rooted in not enough, we can be fearful. You may want to quit and you can hate yourself. It's not a fun neighborhood to live in. And that's why I call it the swampland of shame. And here's the thing. We so try to disconnect from this feeling of shame. We don't want to talk about it. Most people outside of our community may not even know what shame is. They're like, what are you talking about? Whenever I talk to people about shame, they look at me like, what are you talking about? And then as I start to describe it, you could see the light bulbs go off in their head. We try to disconnect from the feeling of shame because it's so horrible to feel. We do three different things. We hide away and we numb. We approve a whore and approve a whore is people pleasing. We become who it is that we think other people want us to be. And be, so that we can get their approval. So then therefore we can feel worthy, but it's like, I call it quicksand, but that's actually not correct. Remember those, um, we used to use this for my kids. 
those sand timers, those hourglass sand timers, they were minute ones. And when our kids used to brush their teeth when they were little, we'd flip it over and they had to brush it until the sand went through. That's what approval whoring feels like. You may have this full thing of sand, but you flip it over and in time it's going to be empty. And that's exactly what approval whoring feels like. The other thing that we can do to disconnect from shame is gladiate. And gladiate, there's two things. We either gladiate onto others or we inner gladiate. And I want to talk about what inner gladiate means. It's becoming highly self-critical, beating yourself up where you're full of self-loathing and self-hatred. And you say the meanest things to yourself that you would never say to your best friend, or you would never say to the grocery store clerk. And the things that you say and the rampage that goes on and on inside of your head, that voice in the back of your head, it's horrendous. You just beat the crap out of yourself. That's what inner gladiate means. The other one is to gladiate onto others. And that can be power over moves where you try to dominate somebody. It could be bullying. It could be where all the hate is flying. We've been seeing this, you know, on social media, especially with the elections that have been going on, where the intensity was so great and the stuff coming out, especially in a place like that, or in anonymous postings on blog posts or websites. So those are examples of hide away, approve a whore and gladiate. And those are the things that we do when we want to disconnect from shame. Again, does this mean that you become your badass version of yourself? No, it's the furthest thing. It's the worst part of ourselves that show up when we're rooted in shame. That's why we want to be rooted in enoughness. And I know, I know our community is filled with overachievers. We've been culturally programmed to believe, and I was one of them, Hey, we must work harder, do more, dial it up, go to extreme, get results, sleep less, work seven days a week, you know, have that badge of honor of look at how many hours that I work, look at what I've sacrificed, all of that to finally be enough. And the fantastic news is you don't need to do that. We don't need to overachieve because we're dialing up from a place of scarcity. What we want to do is achieve and strive for excellence and also take time for ourselves, for our families, our friends to refuel so that we can go and do our kick-ass stuff. We don't have to work harder and overachieve. We just need to achieve to create the results that we want. So we often mistakenly think that enough is still not enough. (laughs) The irony in that, isn't it crazy? But actually, when you're rooted enough, think about how you show up in your life. Think about an arena. Maybe you're really good in the kitchen. That's where I'm not really good. But you just really thrive in there and you feel very comfortable and you don't freak out if you make a mistake. These aren't my, this is not my arena. And you're very comfortable. For me, it can be the swimming pool or the weight room. I can feel very comfortable. Where in your life do you feel rooted in enough and you can screw up, you can make mistakes, but you don't let it define you? Think about how you show up. You feel pretty secure. You feel confident. You trust yourself. And so you can trust others. You're not going, oh no, I made this one mistake. I was two grams off on the coffee crates. (laughs) So therefore... It's not going to be very good. No, you're like, oh, well, this will be something we can learn and we'll test it out and we'll be curious about it. When you're rooted in enough, you have perspective. And instead of making decisions 
based on desperation and fear, what I was talking about earlier, you really get grounded and you are able to ask yourself questions about, is this going to give me the value from the time and the commitment that I'm going to put forward? And you're able to make decisions that best suit you in the circumstances. And they may still not be the right answer, but you're going to have a lot of growth from it, even if they turn out to be not so great because there's so much growth in our mistakes. And when you are enough, my friend, you show up as your badass self because here's the best news. It's not like you have to go do more to be the badass self. You just have to be you, the you that was inside of you, the you that over your lifetime, you started to cover up and hide away and armor up and try to be perfect to fit in. But really what we want to see is you, you, your badass version of you is you and it's already inside of you. You have what you need inside of you. And when you are the badass version of yourself, you aren't indulging in the drama. You are focused, you're present, and you're enjoying the experience. Over the holidays, my neighborhood, we do this annual Christmas caroling and it's our neighborhoods. And then we invite some friends to go. And it's so interesting because I am tone deaf. I'm a horrible singer. When I was 19 years old, I had this really cute British boyfriend who looked at me and said, you just need to not sing because your voice is so bad. And it was fine. It didn't bother me. He was being quite honest. My, I'm very tone deaf, but so what? I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. And it's about the experience of we go and knock on doors. It's fun to watch the kids ring the doorbell and, and then wait for the person to open the door. And then we sing a song and oftentimes they're surprised. But here's the thing about Christmas caroling. It's really vulnerable. And I've just, we've been doing this since 1997. And I'm just starting to realize <laughs> that this is not for everybody. I have so many friends that will say no to coming over and doing this. And we do it for like 30 minutes, 45, I don't know how long, but they're afraid. They're afraid that of, oh, well, what if I'm not good enough? And all that drama. And, you know, these are people who are bad asses, but this is an arena where they get really afraid. And so this year we invited some new friends to come with us and they were kind of like, huh, what's going on? Like, doesn't, there's a bunch of people that are hanging back at the house. They're not wanting to go, you know, and, and, and one of my friends, he just said, he goes, well, I'm going to suck anyways, but who cares? Like, let's go and sing. And so he was able to show up and his kids had a great time and we had fun. And then at the end of the night, he said to us, he goes, you know, I thought it was pretty brave for us to have to go and sing. But he goes, I was actually, I realized really vulnerable and brave for the people to open the door, especially in 2019. And I mean, I live in a really nice, quote, safe town, but, you know, opening the door, the thing that was so interesting that's changed, especially like 2019, even compared to 2017 is, well, I guess it was 2018, right? Because it was just recently, but 2017, 2016 is people don't answer their doors anymore. I feel like it's like my home with the landline. My children, they have phones and why would they answer the landline? It's not for them. Why would you answer a phone? You would just text somebody, right? Guess what? People don't answer their doors anymore because we think it's the Amazon person that's dropping off our packages. So we would have to sit there for three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, you know, waiting for people to finally come to the door. And maybe they were trying to hoping that we'd go away. 
they were often delighted that we were there. And sometimes the kids got really delighted because they would get treats, a cookie or some sort of goodie afterwards. So Christmas caroling is an example of, you know, when you feel enough, like if I feel enough about myself and I'm, Hey, I just want to enjoy the experience. And yes, I am not this amazing singer, but I'm going to go and have a great time. I'm focused. There's no drama of like, Oh gosh. Oh, I messed up on that. We have fun. We laugh. We laugh at ourselves. We're focused. We're present. We're connecting with people. That's what the holidays are about. So the Christmas caroling is vulnerable. But when you're feeling enough, you show up and you get to be your badass self. And then you get to have to be with other people and get to have connection. And for me, belonging connection are so important. So at 46 years old, that's how old I am. When I'm rooted in enoughness, I am the badass version of myself. I'm not trying to be anything other than me. I just fully show up as myself. And I found this quote that I just love. It's by Dolly Parton. And she says, Find out who you are and do it on purpose. I'm going to say that again. Find out who you are and do it on purpose. Be you. That be you is my adding on. Be you. That's what we want. Be you. You're not going to be for everybody, but we don't want to be approval whores. We want to be ourselves. That's what we're hungering for is really where we could show up and be ourselves. So now how does being a badass version of yourself equate to becoming the leader of your life? And why am I always talking about this? Okay. So I want to go back to cultural programming. We've been programmed by our culture about how we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be in order to be safe. Now there was a time and there are still countries where you do have to follow the cultural programming because you may not be safe. And I'm fortunate because I do live in a place of privilege where I live in the United States. And as a woman in 2019, while there's still, you know, sexism out there, I still have tremendous freedoms and tremendous privileges that, you know, women 30 years ago didn't have, 40 years ago that they didn't have. So, and there are certain countries, you know, like Australia or Canada, or there's places in Europe, right, where you can be you. And there's places in the world where it's not allowed. So when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about those of us who have this opportunity because of where we won the uterus lottery to live in these countries, or maybe you immigrated into these countries where you get to be you and you get to lead your life according to your values. And I talk a lot about values because your values, that is your, your way of being. And those are your guiding light as you move through your life. So it doesn't mean that you impose your values onto other people. So here's a couple of, I'm going to give you a few different examples to make this more concrete for you. So on Christmas Eve, we have this massive Christmas Eve party. And one of my big values is belonging and connection. That's just really important to me in creating inclusive communities. And so we have this and there's no obligation to come. And, you know, this year, I think we had about 150 people that came over the six hours. And it's for me, it's just a gift for them to come. We've done that party now 18 years. And when we first did it, it was very much of like, look, I want it to be easy for you. Do not bring anything. And I would tell people not to bring stuff. Well, for some people that went against their values. They're like, no, this is what I do. I want to share with you. And so I was imposing my belief of how they should 
show up and be, it should be easy for them onto them. And they just wanted to show up and give me something, you know, and sometimes it was something to provide for the party or something to drink for the party or something for our family, but it was their way of doing it. I just needed to be clear that you could come and you could break the cultural programming of you can't show up empty handed because if that's going to get in the way of you showing up, I definitely don't want that. And we have plenty of food and drink and, you know, and all of that. So all we need you to do is show up if it works with you and your family's schedule for the day. So that's one example. Another is about using your voice for what's right or wrong. So my top value is bravery. I was pretty upset when I found that out years ago. (laughs) So I thought about the movie Braveheart and I'm like, no, that's horrible. But when I think about it, I'm brave. This is what I do. You know, doing this show for all these years, I have to be brave, writing what I believe, speaking my truth, owning my voice. There was a while ago, I wrote an Instagram post about comments that were being made about upending the white male, you know, and getting rid of them. And I've had a lot of friends who were making comments about that. And I looked at them and I said, well, your husband's a white male. Like, what do you mean about them? And, and they're really good leaders. We don't want to get rid of them. So I wrote something and I was really scared because I was being brave. I was owning my voice. I was owning what was my opinion and putting that out there. It's brave to do that. There are people that at times in my life, I have felt let down by or disappointed because they didn't stand up. They didn't use their voice. Well, that's my value. That may not be theirs, right? Between having bravery and integrity, authenticity, like it's really hard not to speak your truth, right? That is for me. It may not be for somebody else because maybe for somebody else, they have a different value than I have and that's okay. Another one has to do with gratitude. So because of the show and because of the work I do, I'm connected to a lot of various people and I've had people try to use my relationships as a door to get connected to them. And somebody had wanted to send something through me, use my connections to pass it on to somebody else. And I was a little perplexed because my answer is always no. And I actually checked in with this person's team and said, Hey, there's somebody that wants to send something through me. I just want to see like, is this something that you guys really want to have? And they were like, Oh, please. You know, cause I, I said, my policy is always just to say, no, I don't pass things on. They said, please don't pass it on. Cause they're inundated with, you know, emails and communications that they can't even respond to. They can't even read them all. And so I went back to this person and I said, you know, this is what happened. And normally I just say no, but because of our relationship, I just wanted to confirm this and they, they confirmed it. And the person came back to me and said, well, it's my value to say thank you. So now I need to find another way and I don't understand why you won't pass this on. Well, they were trying to impose their value onto myself or this other organization. So those were examples of not imposing your values onto other people, but using your values instead, you want to use your values as your guiding light. So when I own my voice, I'm leaning into my bravery. I'm leading into my integrity. When I do things in my life and I'm having courageous conversations, I go back to that. You know, when I'm looking at, Ooh, how did we not get the result that we want? I'm leaning into my value of curiosity. 
when I'm building communities, whether it's here with the show or with my clients or in the enough group or with the aqua monsters, it's about belonging and connection because that's such an important value of mine where people have a safe place to fully show up and are accepted as who they are. So as a leader of your life, you get to live according to your values. And then the other thing is your why, understanding your why. Back in the day, Simon Sinek did an interview with me and he actually turned the interview into like my own coaching session. (laughs) It was live radio at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It's a fantastic interview to this day, but he got to my why. And it's always been about people getting to show up as themselves instead of doing what they're supposed to do. And I also have a whole series of podcast series of episodes of the leader of your life series. And so there's a link in the show notes. The topics are owning your voice. What does that mean? Own your voice, stand in your true power, align with your values and your integrity, build a loving relationship with food in your body. I mean, this thing is so important because we were told like, oh no, you must do this. You must do keto. You must do paleo. You must do this. You must do that. You must be vegan. All these different ways. There's no one right way. And the only person that knows what works inside of your body is you. And then the beautiful thing is that at times the food that may work for you as you evolve it may not work for you anymore. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're screwing up. We just evolve and change. What television show you liked in the eighties, you probably don't like now. It's so interesting. Sometimes I'll go back and watch some of the shows from the nineties. I'm like, wow, you know, these are things that captivated me and they may be fun, but they may not be something that I'm really interested in. Like I am with Outlander right now. So build a loving relationship with your food, with food in your body. That's being the leader of your life because it's you going in and listening to what works inside of you, cultivating strong, connected, and authentic relationships that align for you. You know, so like an example of this is I always have this internal drama that goes on in my head. Like there's that, you know, fifth grade girl who got excluded, who wants to be invited to all the Christmas parties right? And I'll be going through Instagram and watching people's stories and seeing, oh my gosh, they go to party after party after party. And wouldn't that be so grand? But the reality is I'm not a big party person, which is ironic with my 150 person Christmas Eve party or the epic party we had this summer, but I'm really not a big party person. What I really love to have are intimate gatherings where we can have deep conversations. That's what I really love. The Christmas Eve party, it fits a few other molds because for some people, they may not have a place to go to that night. So it's just a nice way to have a place to be on a night that can be a lot of pain. It's also an opportunity for a lot of our former swimmers who may be in town visiting their folks to swing by and for us to catch up on them where we may not get that opportunity during the year. So that Christmas party is different than a lot of the parties. But when I start to compare of other people's Instagram lives versus, well, what kind of life do I want to have? What relationships do I want to have? I got this email from one of our old swimmers and he's this really smart engineer. He has a PhD in engineering and he did his recap and last year he got married And he's very matter of fact. And he said, you know, we got married at the courthouse. And then the next day we had dinner with her family and it was great. And instead of doing a big shindig of a wedding, 
they wound up having these small little gatherings with friends. And he goes, that was amazing. We got to have real connections with the people that matter and it's still going on. So a year later, they're still celebrating their marriage together and it's been in line with their values. And I was like, this is fantastic. This would be the way I would want to do it. Cause I remember, well, my wedding was small and that was one of the reasons for it was, you know, having all these people and then not being able to be with this person who's the love of your life and having to go and connect with these other people on kind of a superficial level. It just seems so challenging for me. Now for you, maybe you're like, no, I love the big old wedding. It's so much fun. And that's fantastic, right? It's not about imposing my values or this summer's values onto your life. It's about you creating what it is that you want to have, the relationships, the environment, the events, and knowing that I can have these big old parties. And I'm a person who loves small, intimate gatherings. So there is a bit of dichotomy that goes along with it, but I'm really clear about what the intention of that event is, what the intention of that connection is. And so when we got married, the intention was really around our family and our blended family. And that's where we want to have our focus. And especially back then, we didn't have the kind of money and our wedding could have been a thousand people easily with all the swimmers that we had coached in our lives. So that wasn't something that we wanted to do. The other episode that I have for the leader of your life series is do meaningful work. When I talk about work, it doesn't have to be paid work. Sometimes we, people get upset, but my paid work is horrible. Maybe your paid work is the trust fund for you to make meaningful contribution in this world, right? So whatever the work is, it doesn't have to be paid. It can be paid. It doesn't have to be paid. Some people prefer it to be separate. Some people prefer it to be intertwined. You get to decide that as the leader of your life. Give yourself permission to make decisions based on your values and your priorities. So back when I left my tenure job, my mom, who, you know, she's delightful, really good intentions. She just wants me to be safe and happy. And, you know, the the idea of being successful is then going to be the transactional relationship to, you know, being happy and being safe. Right. And so my mom really didn't want me to leave my tenure job. And I remember I was sitting there with her and, and she said, but Corinne, you know, what about your pension? You can't leave that. You can't walk away from your pension. And here's the thing, a pension isn't the only way to have a retirement income. And fortunately for me, I learned that when I was young, we're like talking 20, 21 years old. And I applied another way in my life to create retirement income. So I didn't need a pension to take care of me. And instead I became the leader of my life for my own future retirement. So those are examples of becoming the leader of your life and the value that it can bring and and how it can really enhance your life and you being the badass version of yourself. It's not that once you become enough, right, you're never going to struggle with not being enough. No, no, no. Because we can all have our struggles. I just mentioned like me with having, you know, cooking dinner for people can be like, oh my gosh, there's so much drama. And I always have to calm myself down. And I I think I talked about this a while ago because I had a dinner party like last February. And I had a friend that I was like, I can, I call you to freak out. Can you like be my support center for this party? And she was awesome. 
And if you're a parent or if you have teenagers like I do right now, that is enough of a trigger to make you think that you aren't doing enough or doing it the right way. Parenting for me is one of the most vulnerable things that I do and it can trigger, am I being enough, good enough parent, which is actually a really crappy question to ask yourselves. So the thing is, is we don't want to get stuck in not enough. That's when we're rooted in shame. Instead, we want to realize, oh, here are the stories that I'm telling myself. And I want to be rooted in enoughness. And yes, that's enough so that you can go and be the badass version of you so that you can go be the badass version parent of you so that you can fully love and accept and, you know, have boundaries with your teenagers. And you get to be the leader of your life when you're the badass version of you. Go be you. You're going to be not enough at times. Just don't root yourself in the shame. Instead, root yourself in enoughness. And yes, my friend, that is enough. From there, allow yourself to be the badass version of you so you can be the leader of your life. And I'm going to close the show out with Dolly Parton's quote because I just love it so much. Find out who you are and do it on purpose. When you find out who you are, it's about going inside. We usually buried it. We've covered it up with lots of armor. Find out who you are and go be you. I'm smiling big for you. Hey, I hear from so many listeners how much this show resonates in their lives. If you're one of those people, you have to come check out Enough. It's my group coaching program where we take all the tools and practices that I discuss here and we apply it in your real life with support and accountability. It's just not a book that you're going to read. It's not something you're going to do alone. I've got you. We will integrate these tools into your life. So by the end of our time together, you are actually living them in your bones. And the delightful bonus is you will have a community to connect with, thrive, belong, and feel safe with as you all become enough. Check it out at howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. That's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. I'd love to have you join us in enough. Enrollment opens January 7th, 2019. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide